You are listening to the audio from Grace Bible Church. This audio message is a recording from our Sunday morning worship service. We hope you enjoy. All right, well, good morning, church. If those of you who don't know me, my name is uh, Pastor Dave. I'm one of the pastors here on staff, and uh, I have the privilege this morning of opening up God's Word um, with you this morning. Um, So, with Christmas... Being one day away, I want to ask the question, start off by asking the questions, what does the perfect Christmas look like for you? And I've kind of noticed probably three things, and there's probably more, but we're going to talk about three things today. One, uh, for some of you, the perfect Christmas is all about the setting. It's all about the decorations. It's all about the gifts that are neatly arranged under the tree. If one of them is out of place, game over. If one decoration is out of place on your tree. It just bugs you. Uh, for some of you, uh, the perfect Christmas means looking outside and, and see, seeing some snow. Unfortunately, yeah, Joe McNally's all about it. Unfortunately, uh, it looks like 45 and sunny tomorrow, so I don't think we're going to get any snow here. Uh, for some of you, some of you are happy about that. That's cool. If you guys are traveling, no snow. Like, my, my in-laws are from Buffalo. I don't touch going up there this time because we could be fine or we could be you know, and four feet of snow in, in no time. And so we, we stay hunkered down here. Uh, for some of you, the perfect Christmas is, is all about the people. It's all about the people that you spend the day with, whether it's kids coming back and, and just being, uh, celebrating Christmas as a family, whether it's having people, like, around sharing a meal, uh, whether it's hanging out with friends and family and loved ones. Christmas is all about the people for you. And last but not least, some of us, probably most of us here, kids included, some of us, Christmas is all about the gifts. How many of you kids are excited about tomorrow morning? Some of you guys. All right, parents, how many of you guys are excited about tomorrow morning? Yeah. How many of you guys still have a bunch of wrapping still to do? Yeah, all right, I'm with you. For some of you, it's all about, like, coming down in the morning, kids, and seeing, like, presents with your names on it. Or for some of you good gift givers, I am not one of them. I'm more of, like, a gift card guy. But uh, for some of you, you're really good at picking out gifts. And so, like, you love that look on someone's face when you give them the perfect, perfect gift. And for some of you here, you've been hinting at something for months now. And you're hoping that someone is going to come through tomorrow morning for you. I hope that happens. But as we've been walking through uh, the Advent wreath um, over the last four, three, three Sundays... Uh, t- t- today we're going to light the last, the last candle. Um, that last candle represents, represents culmination. Uh, the last one we're going to light tonight, but the last one around the outside represents culmination. It represents, um, come on, man. Happens, always got to happen to me. There it is. It's the last candle. Hopefully it stays lit. If it doesn't, it doesn't matter represents the culmination of God's perfect plan. Listen, we've walked through for the last three weeks um, different aspects and themes about the Christmas story. Um, We've walked through the aspect of of anticipation, walking through some Old Testament prophecies, um, these whispers um, that, hey, a Messiah is coming. Uh, We talked about preparation. How, how How do we best prepare our hearts for this Christmas season? 
Last week, Dan, Pastor Dan talked about celebration, the idea that God is working, God is doing something, and it's good to be able to celebrate those things. And today, I just want to focus on culmination, the, the final product. What exactly did God provide on that first Christmas? So if you have your Bibles, uh, I, I'd invite you to open up to Galatians chapter 4 uh, this morning. Galatians chapter 4, we're just going to look at two verses, verses 4 and 5. Um, if you don't have a copy of God's Word with you, no worries. You can grab that Black Pew Bible right in front of you and turn it to page 974. And you'll be able to follow along as we kind of break down these two verses uh, here together. And this morning, the only, my goal for this morning is I want to see, and we want to see together, how God prepared the perfect Christmas. He prepared the perfect setting. Um, he sent the perfect Savior. And he provides the perfect salvation. So I want to read these two verses, and then we'll pray, and then we'll, we'll dig into what God has for us here, here today. Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5 says this. It says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that this morning we get to celebrate the fact, Lord, that your plan of redemption has already been completed. God, throughout the Old Testament, we were reminded of promises that a Messiah is coming, that, that you are going to bring someone to, to de deliver your people, Father. And this morning, God, we get to celebrate the fact, Lord, of what you have done. And as Galatians says, Lord, in the fullness of time, you sent forth your son, Jesus, uh, born of a woman, um, born in a manger, Father, so that we might receive adoption as sons. So God, this morning, I pray, Lord, that we would just take some time to center our hearts upon why we celebrate, because of your finished work. And we get to celebrate, God, the fact, Lord, that, that on Christmas, Lord, we remember that you sent your son, Jesus, um, to save us from our sins. So God, may this time be an encouragement um, to, to the hearers, Father, and may our hearts be pointed toward your son Jesus today. We love you, God. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, church, the first thing that God, that we see here throughout the Christmas story is that God provided the perfect setting for the coming of Jesus, the perfect setting. Kids, how many of you have the job of setting the table? How many of you guys have the job of setting the table? Raise your hand. Some of you guys, all right, parents, let's go. Like, your kids can set your table. <laughs> all right, but this is not like an aside on parenting. I'm not doing that this morning. But, hey, one of my jobs when I was a kid during, during Christmas time is that we would go over, over to my grandma's house, and the kid's job, myself, my brother and sister, our job was to set the table for Christmas. Now, it wasn't, I mean, and everyone does hospitality differently or whatever. My grandma was, like, super formal. And so she actually had this laminated chart that we had to follow. The chart looked something like this. Like, it was, like, legit. And it was, like, the salad fork goes before the dinner fork, and there's multiple spoons and so many knives and everything else, and the dessert plate had to go in a certain place. Uh, the glasses had to go in a certain place. Uh, the napkins had to be folded a certain way. Um, every person had a name card and then assigned seats. And, like, listen, we have, like, we have four, four kids at home. Like, this doesn't happen in our household. 
uh, but it happened in my grandma's house. And it was almost like at the end, when it, once everything was perfect, we had like this processional where my grandma would take whatever the main course was and like she'd walk it out, almost like a graduation ceremony, like a wedding kind of. We'd all be standing behind our chairs and she'd put it down and we'd pray and then we'd all sit down together and eat. Like it was a whole thing. And church, just what, what Galatians 4 is telling us is that like my Christmas meals growing up, like God waited for the perfect moment to send his son Jesus. In Galatians 4, 4, that first part there, it says, um, it says, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. And I want to just nail in on this phrase right here, when the fullness of time had come. I love how the, the New Living Translation puts it. It says, when the right time came. But it got me thinking, what made the timing of Christ's birth so perfect? Like, why would God send the most important person to ever to do the most important work ever at the time that he did? And I just want to give you three reasons this morning. The first is that it was the right time spiritually. So at the time of Christ's birth, there was a growing hunger for spiritual things. And it wasn't just among God's people. You see, during that time, a lot of, a lot of the Greeks or the Gentiles, people that are non-Jews, um, the, Roman, the Roman army had come in and conquered, and conquered their cities. And a lot of these people had prayed toward, to their gods to save them, but yet they didn't. And it actually opened them up to the belief that maybe there's some other God out there besides the gods that we worship and serve. And it made them open to have conversations eventually about Jesus. Um, at the same time as well, the Jewish people um, had dramatically increased their desire for a Messiah. When, when the Romans came in and kind of took over their land, they began praying even harder and looking even more earnestly for the promised Messiah to come. And so when Jesus came, both Jews and, and non-Jews were looking for a Messiah. So it literally was a perfect time for Jesus to come. But not only spiritually, though, it was the right time culturally. You see, for the first time in human history, there was a universal language that most everyone spoke. Everyone at that time spoke Koine Greek. It was this common Greek language. So think about it. The good news of Jesus could be shared with all sorts of people without the need for translators, without the need of learning a new language. God waited for the exact perfect moments so that the Apostle Paul and others after him um, could share the good news that the Messiah had come in a language that people could actually understand. But not only was it the right time culturally, it was the right time po politically. See, when Christ came, the Roman, Emperor was in, the Roman Empire was in the middle of what's called the Pax Romana. Kids, does anyone know what that is? Never heard of that before. Pax Romana, you know what that is? All right, good. Public schools, there we go. Just kidding. Pax Romana means the peace of Rome. See, for 200 years around when Jesus actually came, um, there was no conflicts or, 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 or wars going on. And so the Roman soldiers, instead of just sitting around the Roman Empire actually built like thousands of miles of, of roadways so that people could get around and, and easily and safely travel. 
And so those same roadways were the same roadways that the Apostle Paul and others after him traveled to share the good news of Jesus. See, everything was set. The table was set for Jesus to come. And I just want to pull out for you, for you folks, just one point of application this morning. And application simply is this, is that we need to understand that God's timing is perfect. See, many of us in a room this size, we find ourselves in a season of waiting. You may be waiting for an opportunity to arise. You may be waiting for a door to open. You may be waiting for a, for a prayer to be answered. And if we're honest, many of us here today are discouraged because God's timing isn't matching up with your timing. How many of you have ever been in that spot before where you've prayed, God, why won't you answer my prayer? God, why, why won't you open up that door? God, why won't you um, listen to my cry? And friends, Christmas is a reminder that we can trust God with the details of our story. So know that right now, God is lovingly and wisely setting the table for the next season of your life. I mean, right now, God could be preparing you for a door that he will eventually open, but you're not ready for it yet. But God is still at work. Maybe for some of you, you've been praying for someone for years. And you wonder, God, why won't you answer that prayer? And God may be right now working on that person's hearts, getting them ready to bring them back, or get, getting them ready to bring them to Jesus for the first time. Some of you here are wondering, God, why haven't you provided for me and my family in the way that I have asked? And for some of you, I feel like God may be cultivating a character of dependency upon him before he gives you what you're asking. And listen, I'm not God, and I can't tell you exactly what God is doing in your life and why God may not be answering your prayers. But I do know this, that God is good. And God loves you. And I love what Charles Spurgeon says. He says, God is never early. He's never late. He is right on time. And Christmas is a reminder um, of, of that truth within our lives. But not only did God prepare the perfect setting, but God sent the perfect Savior. Let's read the rest of verse 4 together. He says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. And listen, if there was ever a verse so packed with theological truth and theological depth, this verse is it. But I'm not going to, and this morning, I'm, we're not, we just don't have the time to, to dig into every single aspect of what this verse says. We could talk about the fact that Jesus was born of a woman, but he was still fully God and fully man. And how does that, how does that work? How, how does that translate? Um, we could talk about the fact that Jesus was born under the law, and he, he submitted to, to the same law that the God called everyone else to submit to, yet he did it without sin, to be the fulfillment of that law for us. We could go in so many different directions, but I want to just focus on this one part where it says that Jesus was born of a woman. 
And the thing that I want to bring out application-wise is that Jesus gets what you're going through. Friends, you might remember a recent Christian ad campaign that came out dur- during the Super Bowl last year. Um, the ad campaign is called He Gets Us. How many of you have ever seen one of those ads? Anyone? Yeah, okay, good, good. So those ads spoke to the fact that Jesus knows and understands what you're going through. And friends, by being born of a woman, Jesus entered into the human struggle that everyone faces. Sometimes it's hard to, it's easy to read the Gospels and think, Jesus' life really wasn't like mine, though, because he was still God, and yes, he was man as well, but Jesus really doesn't understand what I'm going through at this moment. But think about it. If you read the Gospels closely, Jesus faced physical exhaustion. Some of you may be feeling that even this morning. Jesus faced hunger. Jesus faced pain. Jesus knows what it's like to be rejected by people that you love, to feel alone and ignored. He experienced the emotions of weeping at the grave of a loved one, not knowing where his next meal would come from, and being mocked for standing up for what is right. Friends, if anyone is able to understand what you're going through today, it is Jesus. And the book of Hebrews tells us that you are not alone in what you're walking through. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. I love what that verse says. It says, Jesus has experienced everything that you've ever gone through, but he fulfilled it in a way that wasn't sinful. He relied upon the Lord. He did what was right. But in all of that, Jesus knows what you're going through even this morning. And because Jesus understands our hurts and our struggles, we can come with him with confidence, knowing that he knows exactly what we're going through. Hebrews 4.16 says, says just that. It's like because we have a high priest who knows what we're going through, who understands our pain, we can then come to him with confidence knowing that we, can, that we can receive the grace and help and mercy that we need. And so this isn't just a point that says, hey, Jesus knows about who you are and everything else. It's the application points because Jesus knows about who you are. We can then come to him and ask for help, find mercy, find the help and hope that we need. Friends, I talk with people all the time who, who are hurting but instead of running to Jesus, they run to so many other things. They, 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 run to, they run to just working overtime just to keep their mind off of things. Um, they, they run to phones and keeping a screen on at all times to kind of numb the pain of, of what's going on. They run to things like alcohol, sex, power, money, whatever it may be. And friends, the whole time the story of Christmas is that Jesus is saying, I'm right here. You don't have to run anywhere else. I understand what you're going through. But instead of running to those other things, Christmas is a reminder that we need to start running back to Jesus for our satisfaction and our hope. Jesus sent a perfect Savior. And friends, not only did he prepare the perfect setting, and not only did God send a perfect Savior, but lastly, he offers the perfect salvation. 
verse 5, Galatians chapter 4, it says, to redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. There is, again, Paul's not messing around when, when he wrote these verses. There is so much packed into here. I want to quickly just summarize verse 5 for you, and it simply can be done this way. This is my, my attempt to do so. But simply as Jesus came to buy our freedom and bring us into God's family. That's the story of salvation. See, the word redeem means to set free by paying a price. Um, it is often used to, to refer to the price one would pay to obtain freedom for someone who, who is enslaved. So someone would actually go and say, if someone is, was a slave in ancient times, someone else would go and pay for their freedom. It's been said that Abraham Lincoln would, would do this for slaves. And they say, I'm going to pay so that they can be free. And friends, the Bible says that, that all of us have sinned and broken God's laws and standards. We've all rebelled against God. We've all said things, done things, spoken things um, that, that go against what God wants for your life. That is called sin. And because of our sins, we are completely separated from God, unable to find hope and forgiveness within ourselves. doesn't matter how good you are. Doesn't matter, it doesn't matter the kind of person that you are, the amount of good deeds that you do. All of us have been separated from God and have broken God's law. But friends, the good news of Christmas is that Jesus, the perfect salvation, came to pay what we could not pay on our own. The good news of Christmas isn't just that Jesus was born in a manger, but that the good news of Christmas ends at the cross, where Jesus took your place and paid your debts so that you wouldn't have to. And three days later, he rose from the grave so that you can have eternal life and proving to the world that he is who he says he is and he can provide the salvation he promised to provide. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7 says, In him we have redemption, we've been purchased through his blood, and the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. See, friends, the perfect salvation that, that Jesus offers isn't that we do anything, but we just believe in the fact that Jesus has done everything needed so that we could have eternal life today. But friends, Jesus didn't come only to free you from your sins. I think sometimes when, when, we, when we preach the gospel, we only focus on, like, Jesus came to pay for your sins, and that's it. Um, salvation is bigger than that. Salvation is not only that Jesus will free you from your sins, but he brings you into God's family. There is a new life that he has, that, that he wants for you. And Jesus wants you to experience all the rights and all the privileges of being sons and daughters of God. And as one of God's children, you are no longer debtors. You are part of a new family. You have been supernaturally reborn. You have the promise of a home in heaven. You can enjoy hope, peace, and purpose for your life. You can have the assurance that God is always with you and never will forsake you. And you can have the peace of knowing that God is with you and for you. Friends, that is the life that God offers for you today.
This isn't something that's come, get, get your sins forgiven and, and get going. It's an invitation to a brand new life where you are a son and daughter of God and experience all that, all that God has to offer for you today. That is, that is the perfect salvation. But how? How do we get that? How do we experience that kind of life? Well, all of this is promised not to those who work hard. I'm not going to give you a list of, of five things that you have to do so that you can know for sure that you are a child of God. It's not promised for those who work hard. It's, for, it's promised to those who place their faith and trust in Jesus as a perfect Savior who offers a perfect salvation. See, friends, the Bible is clear that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And you can do this by recognizing right now your need for a Savior. I don't think it would take you that long to kind of cycle through even the past month and recognize, man, I have messed up in one way or another. I have, I have lied. I have I've stolen something. I have raised my voice in cruelty to someone. I've been prideful. I've been selfish, whatever it may be. The Bible says all of us are in need of a Savior, for all have fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned against our Heavenly Father. So step one, you recognize your need for a Savior. Step two is that you simply, you believe and trust that Jesus is who he says he is. That he is the Son of God. That he was the one sent from God so that we could experience eternal life. That, that, he, that he was born in the manger, that he lived a perfect life, and that on the cross he paid for your sins. And then three days later rose again from, from the grave. You believe in who Jesus is and what he's already done for you. And lastly, you simply accept the free gifts of eternal life. The free gifts that Jesus says offers to everyone who would come to him. He says, he says, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Jesus, I, I recognize what you've done on my behalf. And I'm trusting in you and you alone for my salvation. Friends, you can leave here today knowing for sure that you have eternal life, that Jesus offers the perfect salvation. And if you have more questions about that, we'd love to be able to answer those for you today. I'll be up front afterwards, and we'd love for you to just be able to have a conversation so that you can know for sure um, that you have eternal life today. If you don't want to talk to one of us, that's cool too. You talk to the person you came with. Talk to the person that, that maybe have invited you this morning. But we love to know that you know for sure that you're one of God's children today as we celebrate the birth of Christ. So friends, I just want to close by asking one more question. Simply is this, is that how will this Christmas, how will the first Christmas impact your Christmas tomorrow? And as we just ponder that for, for a moment, I'd like to invite just a praise team up. We're going to finish up here, here, here briefly. But friends, we've walked, we spent time today walking through how God worked out, worked on the first Christmas. He prepared a perfect setting. He sent a perfect Savior and provided a perfect salvation. So as we head into tomorrow, I pray that the first Christmas will shape how you celebrate 
this Christmas tomorrow. So I encourage you to spend time remembering the love and goodness of God who sent his only son to be our savior. Spend a few moments in prayer because God understands everything that you're going through. Maybe for some of you tomorrow you just got to say, you know what, for the first time I'm going through a bunch of stuff and instead of trying to run in a million different directions, let me just have a conversation with Jesus. And let me bring things to his feet. And he promises to give that help and mercy in time of need. Maybe for others, this Christmas is going to be different because you're going to meet Jesus today. So we would encourage you to take a few moments to think of and and have that conversation with God if that's what you need to do today. And maybe for others, maybe you've known Jesus for a long time. Christmas is a reminder that that good news, that Jesus Christ is born, that good news is there for all people. And maybe tomorrow's the day where you share the good news of Jesus with someone who desperately needs to hear it. So listen, let's uh, let's all stand. I'm going to pray over you one more time. I'm going to close by singing uh, one more song here this morning. Father, God, I thank you so much for Galatians 4. And just the reminder, God, that your plan is finished, God. Um, that you prepared the perfect time, that you sent the perfect Savior. And Father, you, you provide and offer the perfect salvation to anyone who believes in you, Father. So God, I pray first for the people that are here that have never heard the message, God, that, that you love them. And that you love them so much that you sent your only son, Jesus, um, to die on the cross in their place for their sin so that they may have eternal life, their sins forgiven, and become one of your children, Father. God, I pray, Lord, that, if the, that you would just work in their hearts today and bring them to a next step, God, where they can know for sure that they have eternal life. And for those of us, God, who, who are celebrating Christmas again, Lord, may our hearts just be reminded, Father, of your goodness and your love. God, may this be a time, Lord, where we share that goodness with others, that we're generous, Father, that we're celebratory, And that even tomorrow, God, we keep the fact, Lord, that your son's birth uh, is what we're celebrating uh, tomorrow as well. So we love you, God. Thank you, God, for the culmination, God, of your plan of redemption. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just bless the rest of today and bless our friends, Lord, as they celebrate your birth tomorrow. We pray all these things in the name of the risen Jesus. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Grace Bible Church. For more information about our church and our ministries, you can visit gracebiblepa.com.